So today I want to talk about the power of looking up. And faith is something, and faith is also not something. If faith is this, then it's not that. It can't be everything. So we've got to know what faith is. And last time I preached, I spoke about faith. And I spoke about Abraham sacrificing, getting ready to sacrifice Isaac and the faith that it took to do that and trust God. And um, preparing this message actually ministered to myself because for the last while, it's been a challenging time with so much going on in, in everybody's lives and in Durban and with the floods and life. And um, I, I so enjoyed what Susan shared last week when she said, my pressure on you, Lord, your presence on me. Gosh, as I heard that phrase, it was like, that is magnificent. Your presence on me, Lord, my pressure off me. I give it to you, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to be anxious about it. Your presence on me. So there's an exchange going on. So there's a scripture that I want to, I'm going to point to in a moment. But listen to this. When the going gets tough, it's not always the tough who get going. It's those with faith who overcome. And there's a difference. You see, sometimes we think it's about me being strong that I'm going to get through this. And I want to say it's about you having faith in the God who is strong so about getting through something. Yeah. Because the strongest and toughest of people have fallen. We've been aware that even in the Christian faith, some of the most powerful and effective and influential Christian preachers of our time have fallen. And they were strong, we thought. Well, they might have the greatest character or personality, rather, let me say. You might have the greatest personality and charisma. But it's not the tough who always get through it. It's those with faith who trust God. Here's a scripture. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Wow. How's that for a scripture? What a promise. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is, the, this is what overcomes the world. What? Our faith. Our faith. That faith is not that 30-second prayer or one-minute prayer you prayed to accept Christ. That's not the faith that's talking about. This is my continual trust in God for today and for the future. Yeah. That's the faith that overcomes the world. Faith is not a whole lot of stuff. So let me go through some things that faith isn't. When faith is the power of my words and the wording that I pray, something's wrong. In other words, if I don't pray the right way or say the right words, then that trust is no longer in God, but in my prayer, in my words. My faith has shifted from God to praying the right prayer. Something's wrong. That's not faith. When faith is the power of my thoughts, something's wrong. In other words, if I'm focusing too much on thinking the right thoughts so that I can get the right outcome, 
then the breakthrough and the outcome is reliant upon my ability to think right. It's not faith. That's again my ability, my confidence to think right. When faith is the power of the confession that I make, something is wrong. When I have listened to somebody else confess something and they saw a breakthrough, they saw a miracle, and I want to try and do the same thing, I've now shifted my confidence, my trust, into the confession, something's wrong. Faith is always our trust in God. Not me. Not my ability to pray right, think right, or confess. When faith is the product of my closeness to God, my holiness, my effort in God. In other words, me praying and drawing near to God. When my confidence and faith is up because of that, I'm now dependent upon me. Something's wrong. Faith is to be in God. Now, you've got to understand that I absolutely... Uh, uh, wait, wait, before I go there, let me say this. Faith is in God and believing that what he said is true and what he said is going to come to pass. That's, where, that's what faith is. Faith is in what God has said through the scriptures over thousands and thousands of years. And faith is what God is saying today through people who've got stories and testimonies who say the same thing that the scriptures are saying. Not some random human on the internet who's now declaring who God is and what God is saying. It's got to be consistent with whom God has revealed himself to be throughout the ages. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But now don't get me wrong. I believe that closeness and intimacy with God changes my life. I believe that praying good prayers, not stupid prayers, is the best way to pray. I believe... In, in thinking right thoughts, godly thoughts, kingdom thoughts, and not stinking thinking. I believe in it. I also believe in the power of confessing truth when I believe it, yeah, that it affects change. But my confidence cannot be in those things. My confidence must be in God because I'm not enough. I don't always know how to pray. And Romans 8 says, we all don't know how to pray sometimes, and the Spirit within us will pray with groanings and utterings that we can't express. Faith comes from looking up at God. And I want to show you from the Scriptures some important things about that. Faith doesn't come from looking inwards. I don't know if you worked that out yet. If you look inwards, you're going to see your soul and there's days when your soul is firing like a V8. <laughs> and there are days when it sounds like a splattering broken engine. You don't get faith from looking inwards. You get faith from looking up. The psalmist says in Psalm 122, he says, um, I think it's 122, 121, somewhere there. I lift up my eyes to the hills. It's like I'm looking up. Where does my help come from? Ah, when I've looked up, I realize my help comes from God. Yeah. Not inwards. Mm. 
It's important to look inwards. Why? Because when I look inwards, I need to be aware of the state of my soul. I need to be aware of how much I need God. So I look inwards with non-judgmental self-awareness, as Susan reminds us so often. I don't get all beat up about it, but I'm aware that I need God, so therefore I must look up. You see, friends, I, I taught earlier this year from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Because transformation comes from beholding and contemplation. The tr your, tr your life and the, your, the reality of you being transformed from who you are now to, to, to more Christ-like comes from beholding Jesus. comes from looking up at Jesus. comes from looking at Him. So those who gaze intently upon Jesus are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. The power of looking up at Jesus cannot be understated. The danger is this, friends. We can get swept along with the tide of humanistic thinking, the, the way of the world, the secular way that I am enough, I am powerful, I can do this. If I just think right, if I can just get this, then I can. And even in the Christian church, we can start to lean a little bit too much on ourselves. Let's skip that. <laughs> Faith definitely doesn't come from looking at circumstances. Faith doesn't come from looking around at other people. It doesn't come from looking inwards. It comes from looking up. Ah, just go backwards a bit there. So, let's look at a few instances from Scripture about looking up. First one, Matthew 14. Jesus has been teaching all day. There's a whole lot of people listening to him. They get to the end of the day. People have been there for ages. The disciples say, hey, Jesus, people are hungry. Send them, send them away. Jesus says, nah, let's feed them. So Jesus says this, do not send them away. You give them something to eat. Now, there's a massive lesson coming in this. You give them something. He doesn't say, don't send them away. God is going to give them something to eat. He says, don't send them away. You give them something to eat. You frail, weak human, give them something to eat when you've got nothing. So let's have a look. Jesus says, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish. That's all. And looking up to heaven. So Jesus did. Looking. So just watch him. Taking the five loaves, two fishes. And he just lifts his gaze from the crowds. And he lifts his gaze from the fish and the bread. And he lifts his gaze to the source and ability and help that he doesn't have within him. Jesus. Why? 
because he's the son of man. He came as a man, like you and I. He's showing us, in order to do anything of the kingdom, spectacularly, you cannot do it alone. Even I, the very son of God, look up to God, because I'm actually the son of man. So you ought not to think for one moment, human, that you can multiply food. You ought not to think for one moment, human, that you can walk on water. You've got to look up. Because God is your source for everything and anything that you will need. He looks up to heaven and he gives thanks. Um, I just think this is beautiful. He, he doesn't take the fish and the bread and say, multiply. No, he doesn't. He's just demonstrating to his disciples, you can feed them when you look up. And you trust God. It's not in the power in this moment of confession and multiplication. It's the trust of God. It's faith. Not in me, in Him. And then He says, He gives thanks. Just praise. See, Jesus prays. Just like He wants us to pray. God, not me, but you. I trust you. Come and do this. And then He puts it in their hands. And I want to tell you something. When, when He put it, the, the miracle didn't happen just because, like, there and then. Like, gosh, fish, fish, bread everywhere. It was just a little bit of, it was still the, just a few fish and bread. And as they broke it, God just does his thing. It's not the most spectacular way of doing it, but it's God's way. So that's the first one. Jesus looked up. That's faith. That's where you get faith, looking up. Second one. Straight from there, straight literally in, this, in Matthew 14, the very next verse. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. They've just eaten. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. If the Son of Man, Jesus, goes up alone to pray and, and, and find connection with his source, how much more do we need to? Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. It's stormy. It's not lightning and thunderstorm. It's like in Durban, it's a howling northeaster. It is the, it's just the, it's waves, it's currents, it's, it's hectic. Shortly before dawn, he lets it blow the whole night. So he's, the wind's blowing. He's just praying. The, those poor oaks, <laughs> it's just chaos on that boat. But they've got to get to the other side and they can't give up, so they're just keeping on going. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to meet them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat. Now remember, friends, I don't know, don't, sometimes we picture this like this beautiful still morning. And it's just like beautiful crystal water and Peter just steps out on the crystal glass water and he just cruises. No, no, we're talking 
a windswept, it is hectic out there. It's stormy wind, a howling northeaster for us who live in Durban. And he steps out and there's waves. He steps out into waves and torrents. And he walked on the water and he came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Two things very important from this story. Simon Peter, as a human being, could walk on the water while he looked up. While he trusted Jesus and the words of Jesus, come, walk, he could walk. The moment he looked, took his eyes off and looked at the waves and fear gripped his heart, he could no longer walk. His source is looking up. Number two, Jesus didn't command the storm to subside. There are storms where you've got to walk through the waves. Not every storm do you command to die. Faith isn't me and my confidence in God to walk on water. It's a bit humanistic that. Faith is Jesus enables me to step out. Slight difference. If you can't see the difference, ask God to show you the difference. But there's a, there's a difference. Thirdly, Abraham and Isaac, I preached on this last time. Abraham is about to sacrifice, I'm not going to go through the whole story again, about to sacrifice Isaac in obedience to God. He's walked this long walk of obedience. And just then the angel of the Lord speaks and says, Abraham, you don't have to do it. And it says there, Abraham looked up. The moment he heard the voice of God, he looked up. He was no longer focused here. It was like, God is in this place. God's around me. God's, God's here. And when he looked up, for the first time, he becomes aware of the provision that has always been there. The ram caught in the thicket. He's aware. When you look up, you're now aware of God's provision. Friends, faith comes from looking up. How often do we stop and look up? When you're going through a hard time, stop and look up. Excuse yourself for five minutes and go to the bathroom and look up. Do something to change the trajectory of how it's going because unless you stop and look up, there are times you don't even have to extricate yourself from the circumstances. Inside your heart, you just stop and you look up. Faith comes from looking up. The lame beggar is healed in John. Let me go back to this one. Um, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John on their way to the temple to pray. There's a lame beggar who gets dragged there every day. He's been lame for, for, for ages. Every day he gets dragged there. They get there. This time they walk past. They've seen him before. This, this day he says, hey, give me some money. Peter and John stop. They say, look up. 
Look, look at me, look. The moment he looked up, he got his miracle. Faith is looking up to God, and it's hearing God speak, and it's trusting God. It isn't always taking what worked in the past and pasting it into the present and expecting the same result, because that's not relationship with God. That's just a formula. God doesn't work with formula. Now, look at this one. Paul, um, in Acts 27, this is an interesting one. Acts 27, there's a massive storm again, and Paul is on a boat. He's on his way to Rome to face, it's the end. He knows he's got to get there. He's on a boat, and it's 14 days, it's two weeks on a ship, not a cruise liner. And it's chaos. It is 14 days of torment. And they don't know what to do. And they keep thinking, what shall we do? What shall we do? Paul looks up. And he prays. And he hears God. And God doesn't say to him, command the storm to stop. God says to him, tell them, you can throw luggage off, but do not jump off. Whoever stays on the ship with you, Paul, will be saved. But if anybody jumps into another boat to try and escape, they won't make it. So Paul announces, stay with me. We're going to make it, but we're going to lose the ship in the end. And so they do. <clears throat> you can read the story. Why do I share this? Because Paul was a man who had encountered Jesus face to face. He was a man who'd raised the dead. He was a man who had heard of Jesus um, calming the storm. He'd, he'd done it all. And in this moment, he doesn't rely upon a past formula. He goes, I look up. What is God saying in this situation? What do I need to do now? What's the truth for this situation? I'm not trying to, I mean, this, is a, this should be a faith-building message. But so many Christians just want to, just want to speak to every storm. Not always in Scripture do you do that. There's a storm to speak to when the Spirit of God says, and there's a storm, you walk on the water where the Spirit of God says, and there's a storm where you stay in the boat and you hang in there. That's what happened in Acts 27. Susan shared this with me. She said, we have not been created to live life using our own wisdom and insight and understanding. And life at the moment is showing us just this. Gosh, around the world, people have realized, especially since 2020, it's like, it's like we, th there are things happening beyond us, beyond the greatest, most powerful businessman, beyond the greatest, most powerful first world nation, beyond the greatest and most powerful leader. There's stuff happening that's beyond us. We need God. I'm telling you, you need God. Wherever you are watching this, you need God because life was meant to be lived with His ability and His grace and His strength. Let me close with this one. Mark 7, 33 to 35. Jesus, about to pray for somebody who's sick, about to heal somebody, and taking him aside from the crowd privately, this is a guy who was deaf and mute, he put his fingers in his ears And after spitting, touched his tongue. 
and looking up to heaven, he sighed. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? There are times before where he just touched somebody. There are times before when they touched him. There, there are times when he just commanded. Here, he looked up to heaven and he sighed. It's like, I need you, God. Stop, friends, and look up to heaven. And then he commanded and they were healed. We just, just because, and hear, hear what I'm saying. Just because you've got the Spirit of God living in you, just because you're anointed, just because you've got the Scriptures inside of you, doesn't mean you stop looking up. You stop and you look up. No matter what you're facing, there's a time to just stop and look up. Let's stand together. 